0: The fear of of failure mm-hmm. at this point in my life, it's almost a fear of I've been doing this for so long and and like I said, my support system is great. the support system I was born into and the friends that I've met along the way, and I have a lot of cheerleaders behind me and so the idea of coming to the conclusion that this might not be right for me and I'm gonna try something else, there's almost a fear of like letting people down and A fear Mm -hmm. of, but what if, what if I just stopped too soon? What if, you know, I just like kept going? Who knows?
1: Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Office Visits with Dr. V. Another (laughs) treat in store. Yes, you hear my guest laughing. She is ready to go. She is ready. You know, you guys welcome, and uh, if this is your first time visiting or listening, I would love to say that you have come to the right place if you're trying to be happy and healthy. I am your host, Benita Vernado, MD. I'm a board-certified OBGYN and a board-certified lifestyle medicine physician, and I like to talk about all things health, happiness, and purpose and mission and get you to do what you were born to do. And so, my guest today, she has walked this journey, and I am so excited for you guys to hear her story. Please welcome to the show, June Dare. Hi. Hello, hello. hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for coming on. So, I'm just going to fill in the listeners, because she and her sisters, which I hope you'll tell us a little bit more about, they have a... Is it a blog?
0: Would you say it's a blog, June? Or what is it? it? Technically, it's a business, but it's we call it a project. We use that term kind of kind of loosely, and it's a an, a new thing. We started it in twenty twenty, so it's only about three years old, and it is a project slash business called the Welcome Table. And what we do is we produce resources that help encourage conversation and help foster relationship. And some of the resources that we produce so far have been a weekly reflection email that we send to our subscribers. It's completely free. And the reflection is either written by one of us or a guest writer. And it's a a faith-based business. <laughs> That's an important deal. Mm-hmm. And so we'll start off the reflection with a setting the table, if you will, mm-hmm. which encourages you to just take a couple of deep breaths grab a cup of coffee, feel yourself in this moment, and then we'll have a one-liner to kind of breeze you for what you're about to read, some quotes, some Bible verses, and then the reflection body. And then at the end of that, we have creative ways that you can incorporate the principles of the reflection, some discussion questions that can also be used for journaling prompts, and then some ways that you can bring it to children. If there are children in your life, that you share this with and we also have a couple books that are focused around advent which is when the welcome table started we started around christmas time and we released a series of emails focused on advent and then the response that we got from that was way more than i think any of us (laughs) (laughs) and so we're like okay there's something here let's keep going and so, about a year later, yeah, I know. I, I feel like I've just gone on like a a rabbit hole, or a no, no, no.
1: I'm a subscriber, and and that's how I came to know you because uh, one of your sisters is one of my patient friends um, yeah. for years, and so I read the welcome table, and it didn't say who wrote the reflection. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is my kind of person and come <laughs> to find out it was you. So, you know, real quickly, let's see, I usually have people tell their bios, but I think if you can just share what was in the reflection, I think that might give us a good idea potentially um, or the story behind the reflection that might give us an
0: idea of who you are. Sure. So this reflection, I should have reread it before. doing doing this podcast. But what I remember is it was, it focused on just like life and Mm -hmm. how we have no idea where it's going to go and how sometimes you have to take some risks. And during a portion of that reflection, I talked about my recent choice to dive full force into acting. I've been acting my whole life, pursuing it professionally for about 15 years, but never fully. It's always been like acting, but also these other jobs, which is a pretty common story with a lot of actors because income is unreliable. And I was in a position where I was in a very comfortable spot in terms of life. I guess I was living in my hometown. I was working at my dad's law firm. You know, I like my coworkers. It was a very safe job, you know? Yeah, yeah. And,
1: that's real safe if your dad's the boss. I mean, I mean, like if I'm going to get
0: fired, I would have to do something very bad. Exactly. And I was just feeling unfulfilled, I guess. I was still at Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs>
1: unfulfilled fulfillment. That's my word. Yes. You were feeling unfulfilled. I wow, was
0: feeling unfulfilled and I was still acting, but because of the hours of the job, I felt like a lot of my time was being dedicated to something that I didn't really have a passion for. I was good, good at it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: like I said, I, I, enjoyed my coworkers. It was, you know, nine to five kind of job, but it was not what I wanted to do. And so I'm very fortunate that I have a solid, a very solid support team. Like yeah. yeah, the bench of my support team is very deep. And I was living with my boyfriend and I just kind of told him what I was thinking. And I was like, I think I want to leave. The law firm and pursue acting full time. What do you say? Because that would affect him too. He would need to, you know, give his consent on now having a live in partner who could not contribute financially the way that I had been. Right. Because he is an angel. He was like, don't worry about it. I got you. And so I left the law firm. And with the intentions, and this kind of goes back to the, you never know when life, where life is going to go with the intentions of diving into acting full-time. And yeah, that's, that's where I'll stop that portion of this story. So
1: you've always acted, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But little June, like when you grew up, did you have any idea of, of what you wanted to do or the person you wanted to be was that very clear and somehow you lost your way or were you just kind of a free spirit didn't know what you were going to do
0: I don't think that, so kind of both I've wanted to be an actor since I was 9 I saw the movie Titanic oh. and well <laughs> just changed as soon as Rose's hat like flips up and you see Kate Winslet's face I was like I want to do that that looks amazing And I was, you know, I was nine. And so I was, of course, drawn to like the drama of it and the glamour of it and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being in front of people, even though before this, Dr. V and I were talking about how nervous I am. I get nervous, but being in front of people has never been like an issue for me. And so I'm just a ham, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And so I always had the ambitions of being an actor. But at the same time, and this is something that I've never really thought about before. Like, I, there was always something stopping me. And this is, oh. I, I'm like trying to think of how to articulate this. Take your time. Sure. So as much as I've always wanted to be an actor, I still struggle with whether or not I actually want to be a professional actor. Like there's something about um, the craft of it that I love, but whether or not the business of it is right for me is something that I still struggle with. And so, and like, I've been wrestling with this for 15 years or so. And so while growing up, I always knew that I wanted to be an actor. I was attracted to that. There was a block there of like moving to New York or L.A. and like jumping into it. And that that's something that I tried later in life, which kind of <laughs> didn't work out so much. But yeah, there's. That's a great that's a great question and probably something that I need to talk about with like a therapist. Just like what, what exactly, the the disconnect was or is. Is it fear? I don't know. I don't know. That might be part of it. The fear of of failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At this point in my life it's almost a fear of, I've been doing this for so long. And, yeah. and like I said, my support system is great. The support system I was born into and the friends that I've met along the way. And I have a lot of cheerleaders behind me. Yeah, you do. So I do, I do. I'm very, very fortunate. And so the idea of coming to the conclusion that this might not be right for me, and I'm going to try something else. There's almost a fear of like letting people down and mm-hmm. a fear of but what if what if i just stopped too soon what if you know yes, if i just like kept going yeah. who knows yeah uh, and i i made the comment that is something that i need to talk about with a therapist it actually is something that i'm talking about with a life slash career coach that i, mm-hmm. that I have mm-hmm. so yeah i'm gonna it's have not- to i'm gonna have to like do some deep digging on on that one I'm so
1: glad you're you're talking about this and we're seeing it uh, in real time because the reason I wanted you on the episode is because I believe that we come here with a purpose and what we're supposed to do. And in childhood, I think it's the best time that we kind of get a glimpse of that. Mm -hmm. But somehow we kind of get off track and then that feeling of unfulfillment sinks in. Yeah. But there's still these, you know, I know I'm not happy here. I know I need to be doing something different, but there are all these social constructs that kind of keep you in your box. Yeah. And so, you know, some of us have taken the leap. I've taken the leap, but I love the transparency that even when you have taken the leap, there's still like, am I doing the right thing? You know, you know, it's not like as soon as you take the step, it's not like everything falls into place. There's still a journey um, that you need to go through. Sure. Um, do you feel more of a sense of fulfillment now?
0: I feel like I'm on the right path, at least. Okay. Um, so to to fill the listeners and potentially you in, I so about a year ago a little over a year ago is when I left the law firm to jump into acting full, full time. And I put that in quotes because as soon as I left the law firm, I picked up like odd jobs here and there that took the time that the law firm took. And, and then I started another job that offered more flexibility and was more conducive for, yeah, for pursuing a career in acting. And so like, I kind of replaced my safety net with another safety net. But then in May, I decided to move to the Atlanta area from North Carolina. And so and that was a big move because mm-hmm. I was living with my boyfriend and he's still in North Carolina. And so I, I'm just putting him through the ringer like, hey, baby, I'm going to leave a safe job and now I'm going to leave you. Is that OK? Do you feel OK about that? Um, I love you. <laughs> all right. I love you. And to be clear, just leave him in distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like this, so I I feel like I'm on the right path in the sense that I am determined to not leave this until I know for sure. And if that means that I have to jump completely in and like put myself completely in it so that I cannot... Turn around one day and be like, oh, God, I wish I would have oh. then." and then come to the conclusion that it's not right for me, then it is what it is. But I I don't want to stop until I can with. Certainty or with not contentment, there's a word that I'm looking for. But it's essentially, until I can say and feel OK about saying. This isn't it for me. I gave it my absolute best shot and it's just not what I feel led to do anymore.
1: Mm. So you've taken the risk, which as you said before in life, you do have to take some risks. You've taken a risk though on a career that's not guaranteed to make you any money Mm -mm. and you face rejection on a daily basis. So like, oh, well, not a daily basis. I don't know, but you know, you can, you can go (laughs) help for auditions and they're like, no, you're not right for the part. So you were saying that you got into a comparative mindset. So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Sure. So earlier we talked about why this barrier that I have been feeling my whole life of, I want to be an actor, been wanting to be an actor since I was nine, but Why then have I never just like jumped right in with both feet? And I I genuinely don't know why that is. I'm going to have to think about it and Mm -hmm. consult some people about it. But one of the things that inspired me to take the leap from my very safe law firm job was that I had gotten into a comparative mind. And typically, that is not a good thing you know, everyone has their own plate, but I don't regret this moment. And I, I very vividly remember sitting on the floor of my bedroom and my boyfriend was sitting in there with me and I was like packing a bag or something and just crying. And he was like, what's happening? And I had been Thinking about some of my peers, some of my acting peers, mm-hmm, either mm-hmm, started mm-hmm. when I did or started after I did, and looking at where their careers were and where mine was, and considering what the difference was. And to be perfectly clear, there are a lot of differences between me and these peers, some of which I can control, some of which I cannot control. But the main difference that I saw that I could control was that they had taken the risk of jumping in full force without any seemingly any consideration for like, I don't care if I end up broke on the side of the Mm. road. I want to do this. And Mm. that strategy seemed to really serve them. And so I was like, you know what? Let's do it. (laughs) I'm not getting any younger. So here we go. And that led me to where I am right now, talking to you.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. And the fact that you're saying that it's not exactly, you know, I don't know if this is for me, but you do it anyway. I think it's the epitome of do it scared, you know, like I'm going to give it my all and I don't know where this is going to go. And I love that energy.
0: Thank you. That's one of my favorite sayings or um, do it scared and dare to do the things that scare you is one of my favorite Mm. sayings. And not just because my middle name is dare, but (laughs) it is a big benefit. But yeah, like there are always going to be terrifying risks to take and terrifying things to do, some of which you choose to do and some of which are thrust upon you. Um, but just do it scared and it'll be okay.
1: It'll be be okay. It'll be okay. And it's like, it comes with the job. So, so you are kind of wavering, like, is this it for me for now? I'm going forward, but how do you continue to pursue this with those type of, I don't know, challenges Mm -hmm. um, that, that just come with the job? How do you do that and get up every day and keep going
0: back? Community is extremely important. If And I'm sure there are some actors that feel very isolated where they are, especially um, nowadays where so much is virtual. So like even if you're a part of a virtual community, you're still physically isolated sometimes. If I were by myself trying to do this with no guidance, with no peers, with no like outside encouragement just me going at it I I don't know how long I could last my community has been imperative
1: mm-hmm.
0: in, in person mm-hmm. and I feel like that's probably the case with like everything in the world That that yeah. is
1: Yes, it absolutely is. And, you know, for those regular listeners, one of the lifestyle medicine uh, pillars of health is social relationships. Uh, And, you know, there have been studies that have shown that that increases your lifespan. Like it's not like your cholesterol level, your blood pressure, it's your connections. And so those things are very, very important. So you know, to the listeners who are thinking that, you know, I need to make a change and I need to hop out, you know, it definitely is much easier with the support of of your tribe. I I just, tell us about your tribe. Like what, what does your, what does your community look like? How do they make you feel? What do you
0: get from your, your relationships with them? Lord, they, My community, like I said before, the bench on my support team is very deep. My community consists of instructors, past and present, mentors, friends, fellow actors, fellow performers. I, there are, I can think of three right off the top of my head. One is and a fellow actor who's also like actor, photographer, instructor. <laughs> you know, he does all the that things. Dancer. <laughs> yes. And he is several years older than me, which I think is key also mm-hmm. as as a part of your community. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are in the same boat as you, people who have been in that boat, and people who have not yet gotten to that boat. People who are in the same boat as you people who have been in that boat and then people who have not yet gotten to that boat.
1: Mm. And why is that important?
0: I think it just, it helps in a lot of different aspects. If you're with people who are in the same boat as you, then you have that community to, to share. This is what I'm going through. You're going through it too. Right. Thank God. Let's, let's riff. And also to, you know, in the times when you are just beaten down. This happened to me the other day. I was so defeated. I had spent, and this happens. It Uh happened. It's just part of the job. I had spent a long time preparing for an audition and it did not go well. And it ended. And I was just like, I felt so defeated, frustrated, frustrated. And and like mad at myself for not doing some things differently, like in the moment I should have known better than to do whatever.
1: Oh gosh.
0: And it just it, it and it happens. And so if I didn't have people that I could reach out to and just be like, This is how I'm feeling, this is what happened, and not have others who were like, Yep, yeah, been there. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hug? <laughs> or or even people who have you know, been there and like, this is what I did in that moment. And so now you have another tool to put in your belt for the next time you're in that position. So that's the, in my mind, the value of the people who are in your boat. Right. People who have been in your boat are, they can give that guidance and that encouragement as someone who has been there. You see, that they have gone through what you've gone through and they have moved forward from that, Mm -hmm. ask them how they moved forward from that. They can help you avoid potential mistakes that they made. That they, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, or if they see you like going down a, a path that isn't serving you, it's important to have people be like, that's not smart. Sorry.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I have a very good friend who is not quite in the boat that I'm in and she'll reach out to me for advice. And, you know, I'm, I'm that person for her and I love her dearly and I see so much potential in her. She's so talented. She has such a great look. She has such a great personality and I want, if there's any of my experience, I can help fast track her into you know avoiding pitfalls or or when she feels very discouraged or very alone in this industry to be a person who can encourage her through those times i think it it does a lot for putting the business in perspective and for putting relationships in perspective to yeah. be a person who isn't always and I'm going to, I'm going to try to say this carefully, but like when someone hasn't been in the boat that you're in and they, they need the wisdom that you have, it's important to be a giver and not just the person who's like constantly asking advice or asking help or. Right. Right.
1: You know, Absolutely. There's always the, uh, the other thing I would say too, about the person who hasn't been in your boat, sometimes they're not as jaded as you yeah. are. They still have the enthusiasm and the love. And and sometimes when, you know, things get hard in life, you lose that. And so to have that energy around you, even though sometimes you're like, girl, you don't know what you talk about. It's like, but it's still, it's still like, I remember when I was like that, that is a wonderful point. I, I don't, I knew that you'd be a great guest, but this is a very interesting conversation that we're having about community and who needs to be in your community because you know I know that you're one of, of four girls yes. and your family's really really close and I was expecting you to say your tribe was your family and a
0: big and th- they
1: they are definitely a part of it but for so many people they don't have a family like your family. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they feel alone. But you said all of these other people that you've kind of met along the way that have become your tribe. And so I just want to encourage people to to identify those people who who make a difference and who speak to you and you know are are invested in what's best for you. That's really nice. Mm. Who can tell you when you're like when you're wrong or like like do you have people in your life like that
0: that can really just tell you the truth? Oh yes. Oh yes yes the two that stand out immediately are one of my sisters speaking of my family she will in a heart she's one of like the very few people on this planet that i can 100% be myself with and mm. i i think i'm that way with her too and so she has the the wisdom and like protectiveness of being my big sister so she's not going to let me make a mistake and also I'm her little sister, so she has no trouble being like, that's stupid, or you're being too judgy, or, you know, and then I have another friend, the, one of the friends who I was talking about earlier, one of the three people, she is one of the wisest, most, like, I mean, she's a phenomenal actress, but she's also very wise and very generous, and, Mm -hmm, and, She, she is one of the reasons why I'm in Atlanta right now, because I was kind of going down a different version of this path, and she encouraged me to just go to Atlanta. Like, why wouldn't you go to Atlanta?
1: Why wouldn't you? What yeah. do you have to lose? Exactly. Wow. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, sometimes when we're unfulfilled the people who really know you can sense it, you know? And it's really beautiful when people can say, I see you and this isn't you and encourage you to do the very thing that you're scared, that you're scared to do. Mm-hmm. Now that you're there, and I know, you know, is this for me, is this not for me? And we're talking about being fulfilled, which I think is a very key component of, you know, wellness. How has your life health, your mental health, changed, either improved or not improved? What about your physical health? Like, are you able to exercise more or, you know, what has changed for you now that you're kind of going after that, that
0: thing? Hmm. Physically, I, and I don't want to be a downer. Physically, I am not in as good of shape as I was but I feel like that is because I'm still in a transitional period. I'm still figuring my life out down here, and just sort of sort of in a a limbo state. and I've always or not always, but since I was a teenager, have tried to keep an active lifestyle, and mm-hmm. so I am able to maintain that, but the intensity or the uh, specific exercise that I used to do. I haven't quite gotten back into that rhythm, but I will. So that's a temporary thing. And, How long have you been in Atlanta real quick? Uh, since May. And so since May, but I want to like divide that in half because over the summer I was back and forth a lot between home and here. And then I was in Boston for a little bit. And then, and so okay. I I've been here, but I haven't like been here for
1: Okay. So like three or four months.
0: Okay. So we're not as active as we used to be. Um, no.
1: but are so, but have yeah. some things improved? Like how's your mental health? Has that improved?
0: I don't know. That's not a good question.
1: <laughs> After your audition, you're probably like, What the heck am I doing? Right.
0: I know this part. I don't know if you want to keep this part in the podcast. Uh uh-uh. keep no. it going, keep it going. It's the okay. truth yeah it's here we are. It has been a a hard time because I've been doing a long distance relationship now, and mm-hmm. that has been difficult i mean i I feel like we're doing about as good as you can do after having been yeah. together together for six years and then one person oh, scoops wow. yeah yeah right. that's
1: a long time. <laughs> And now that- out to
0: the boyfriend, Seriously, <laughs> he's amazing. And so that's been a, a big part of like the, the weight of, all right, well, I'm here and I'm not trying to waste any time. So, so let's do this. Yeah. It's, it's just been a, a hard transition. I almost want to come back in like a year after I've gotten my feet under me. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hopefully figured some things out and re-answer that question. But in terms of what first inspired you to invite me to be a guest on the podcast, taking the control of my life to leave something that I didn't feel was serving me to more fully pursue something that is serving me, I feel like can do nothing but add quality to my life. I remember what my mental state was like before then and just sort of seeing day after day my life pass me doing something that I didn't care about and here we are again Mm -hmm. Uh, and then and I've done it a few times i there have been a few times in my life where I've left a job that a lot of people would be like you're an idiot for leaving that job but okay but as soon as I do, there's, there's no regret about it. It's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just a matter of taking charge of my life. And
1: I, and I love what you're saying because, and yeah, I want to keep this in the podcast about, <laughs> you know, this might not be what I thought it was going to be, yeah. but it is the fact that you took that step. You took the step. And you won't regret not doing it. Right. I've I've said before, I think on several episodes, that the, the things that people regret on their deathbed are the things that they didn't do that they wanted to do with all their heart and never did. And so I think just even taking that leap, even if it doesn't work out, it can only serve you because you you're a serial leaper. Like <laughs>
0: I am a serial leaper, man. You
1: got it. Oh. And why is that? I mean, you you've done it, and you've realized, you know, all the bad things that you think can happen probably don't happen. Like you don't did you end up homeless? No, you didn't end up homeless. Okay, yeah. So I think you know I think it makes it easier when you take that leap to take more risks, which can only serve you and get you to where you know your purpose is.
0: think
1: well, thank you. I like that, June.
0: Thank you. I've never been called a serial leaper before, but that might be the truest, truest definition of my life. I just leap from one thing to another. And you're right. Sometimes it either doesn't work out or, you know, isn't going the way I hoped it would, or the way I thought it would, or leads me down a path where I need something else. And then you just jump to another thing. Some people really hate change, but I'm not one of those people.
1: Have you always been that way? Like you're not
0: risk averse? I'm am not. I guess in some instances I am. Like when it comes to my physical safety, I am pretty risk averse. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have it on my 45 before 45 to skydive, and I want to because it terrifies me so much, but that's like the only physically risky thing that I have on there. But in terms of just like life, and again, this is spoken from a place of extreme privilege. I have the privilege of knowing, Mm. at least feeling 98% confident that no matter what I do, because of my support system, I won't end up on the street. I'm not gonna, you know, the worst case scenarios for me are, I moved back home. Bummer.
1: Right. And right. there are
0: a lot of people that don't have that luxury. Right. I want to, I want to say thank that. you
1: for saying that. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Cause that is very, very true. That yeah. is very, and it, it, you have to think about those things when you're kind of taking these risks. I'm I'm a believer and I really believe that, that even if you don't have that privilege that you just spoke of, that God always has somebody, something to provide for you when you're following his path and following his lead. So it, it may feel like you don't, but I, I, can, I can testify that, that things show up that you needed right on time that you did not have when you took that step. So, but that is, that's real talk. It is, it is a privilege. So um, when, he, when we talk about not being able to, I mean, things not working out, like currently, so it's, we recorded this, the September 2nd, so we're still in the acting and writer's strike, Yes, but you're saying you're going on audition. So, you know, I don't know. I'm just curious. And just for our <laughs> listeners, because you're this has probably nothing to do with the, the podcast topic. Right, What's going on with that? and and how does it feel to like be a part of that?
0: sure. i so I want to immediately say a disclaimer and say that I'm not the biggest expert on the writers and actors strike. i I know what I know, but it's nothing compared to what's actually out there for people to learn.
1: right.
0: So to be in your question was how does it feel to be an actor in the midst of all this? To me it feels really cool. And others might disagree with me because once again I'm in a a position of luxury where I have backup income. There are a lot of people who do not have backup income and have been severely affected by their unions going on strike. But I was listening to a podcast the other day And Fran Drescher is the president of Mm SAG-AFTRA. And listening to her talk, I was just like, hell yes, woman. It's just, she was talking about how, how much of a historic moment this is for actors and performers and standing up for what we feel like we deserve. And up until this point, from my perspective, this industry has... Kinda, I hope I'm, years from now, I hope someone's not going to play this back and be like, hey, remember when you said this? In, In like a bad way. But from my perspective, there has always been this mentality of desperation that keeps actors and performers at the bottom of the totem pole because there are so many of us. And so I feel like people have gotten away with being like, hey, how badly do you want this? Because if you don't want it that badly, then someone right behind body
1: you. Somebody else yeah.
0: And so it's, it's been easy to take advantage of us to not give us pay that makes sense for a lot of other industries to set requirements for us that are unrealistic or damn near abusive in some cases it's just it's it's kind of ridiculous but i've i i can't speak for anyone else i've always carried this like well that's the biz. if you want to do it this is what you got to deal with and now yeah and and that's just kind of been like an accepted thing uh, in regard to doing auditions during the strike to clarify the audition that I did was a commercial audition, which is one of the forms of filmmaking that is allowed under the strike.
1: Got it. Okay. That's important to mention. Thank you. Because I wasn't sure. I knew that there was a strike and I don't think anybody's acting, but commercials and is there anything else that you guys allow right now? There's,
0: honestly, there's a lot that's allowed under the strike. I actually have a list, but um, I can't, it's not an exhaustive list, but under the strike right now, this is not everything that's allowed, but currently non-struck work includes soap operas, variety shows, talk shows, reality shows, game shows, anything covered by the interim agreement, industrials, radio, television, and digital commercials, as well as infomercials and jingles. Music videos, the news, episodic and long-form animated programs for television and new media, uh, public television, video games, dubbing, audiobooks, podcasts, and the union, from what I understand, is encouraging actors to still pursue employment under these guidelines. And there, uh, there is more. That was not everything. but.
1: That's a pretty long list. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that with us and clarifying. Because here at Office Visits with Dr. V, we always want to give accurate and reliable information. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. So the other day I had a commercial audition and I had worked really hard preparing for this commercial audition and it did not go well. And it just, Mm -hmm. that's just like, it happens. Mm -hmm. and. I was very frustrated. I was feeling very defeated. And if I didn't have the support system that I do to be able to reach out to them and either, you know, just vent because I needed to, or ask their advice and have them, you know, hug me or, <laughs> or
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Give me an, an ear in a shoulder or people on my team to be like, you know what? it's happened to me before and here yeah. is something that I've done in that instance. And now you can, you know, put that tool in your tool belt and you have that for the future. So yeah. it really is having a support system is truly invaluable in so many ways, but based mm-hmm. on what I know about the interim agreement and the standards that sag After is trying to uphold that, hopefully will be changing Mm -hmm. um i don't know when i don't know how long this strike is gonna last i've heard different things but i really 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 hope we don't cave and i'm not even a member of sag i'm not a not even a member of sag after but it would it would make me sad if we don't get what we have <laughs> won, and that's I mean, it's really spoiled. But it's like it's not even a give us what we want. It's like treat us like humans
1: fairly, fairly. right? You're making four hundred millions and billions, and we're making like fifteen dollars an hour, and you're making the money off of what we do. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's only fair. Yeah. You know, that's I, I'm I'm gonna wrap up our episode, but desperation kind of puts you in positions where you can be taken advantage of and not, and I guess, you know, your value, but I don't, I don't know. There's, there's a nugget in there somewhere being desperate and feeling like, you know, your options are limited. Mm -hmm. It, It probably allows you to accept things that you really shouldn't. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, or or fear, which I, desperation. I feel like the root of desperation yeah. is fear of not getting whatever carrot someone's dangling in front of you, and being afraid that that's the last carrot there ever will be.
1: Right, and we know that's not the truth. Right, we <laughs> know that's not the truth. And I will say for our listeners, you're in a you're in an industry where that that that's probably a true statement but there are other people who continue to do things um, in life that they have other opportunities, but they feel like this is the only care they're ever going to get. You know, I mean, if you're a nurse, you can go to any hospital, (laughs) you know, really you can, but for some reason, you feel like you've got to stay right here. Um, So I I think that allows us to have some hope and what I would love, you know, just kind of, you know, the welcome table, I love reading it. So tell us how, you know, people can subscribe to The Welcome Table and how can they get in touch with you?
0: Sure, you can subscribe to The Welcome Table by going to thewelcometable.co.com. not com, thewelcometable.co, and there's a button for you to subscribe and you plug in your email address and it's completely free. And then you will get our weekly emails. And if you don't want to read them anymore, then you can unsubscribe Unsubscribe. and that's No hard feelings. That's cool. <laughs> I will say that all of our guest writers are absolutely incredible. And so I highly recommend that you subscribe and just get a a pearl of wisdom every Monday morning. And you can get in touch with me through junedare at gmail.com. And you can go to my Instagram, actor JuneDare. And my Facebook page is also Actor June Dare. So Instagram, Actor June Dare, Facebook, Actor June Dare, and I'm June Dare at gmail.com.
1: Love it, June Dare. (laughs) Well, we will definitely have that in the show notes. And so, you know, I thank you for coming on. Um, I I love it. You know, for the listeners, you know, we have questions or ideas, but I just really never know where the conversation is going to go but I feel like it always goes where it needs to go. And so I really feel like you've kind of balanced us today and just given us a a very fresh perspective on, you know, living a life of risk and, and doing what you feel like you're called to do. And if it doesn't work out, you know, you can always do something different. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that message.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you for your questions. That that one question that got me like I'm gonna have to do some deep digging on on that aspect of my life and my life journey. Yes. Phenomenal question, so thank oh, you.
1: Thank you. Well, June there, you can look at it on office visits with Dr. V. Thank on, you on YouTube if you need to, to hit it back. I need to so. revisit. You need to revisit. So <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll see you next time on another episode of Office Visits with Dr. V. Stay well.